the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. right now i'm just telling you we need it now after everything that's been going on this year we need a little bit of christmas and a little bit of christmas is coming and you get to be part of it on the 10th that's next thursday uh down in the bryant area as you know every year typically i'm on the air talking about toy trooper i uh, broadcast live typically from toy trooper this year i won't be doing it Number one, I'll be out of I'll be out of the state. But number two is just uh, it's going to be a different year this year. Just going to be. James Ballou is with us. James has been behind Toy Trooper from the very beginning. It was his son who is now in college who uh, got this kicked off because you know uh, they wanted uh, their son to give away uh, some Christmas, some toys that he had for other kids so that they could have some toys to play with and. He, he, he came back with the, the broken uh, McDonald's toys and things of that nature. And, uh, and James decided that he needed to be taught what Christmas was all about. And he caught the fire at Christmas. And now he does a lot of the running of this whole program uh, for James. James, how are you this morning, brother? How are things going? Hey, good morning, Brother Dave, man. Uh, you know, it's that time of the year. It's a crazy year, but things are going good. You know, we're we're going to rock and roll like we normally do, and we're going to do the best job we can down here. I'm, I'm glad to hear uh, things are, are, are doing well for you, and uh, it's good to talk to you again. It's good to talk to the, the folks again, because I'm going to tell you something. Your listeners are, uh, I don't know what we'd do without you guys. Well, I got to tell you, this is a big, big deal. This really makes or breaks a lot of families as far as uh, Christmas time and whether they could have, uh, you know, toys for their children. Uh, you all have been doing this now for many, many years. How many years is it now this year? I believe this is 23. Incredible. You know, I- uh, I, I have a little gap in memory loss there, but it's. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is 23. Yeah, uh, I think. Um, but but you know what? We'll do it another 53. If Lord let us do it, brother, we'll do it. We'll rock and roll. You I know, got it's, you. It's it's it's. I don't know what we would do without this time of the year. <laughs> you know, it's it's such a it's such a blessing, and you know, you you made a big point. It's. There are so many people. I think I, it shook me to the bone many years ago when I realized just how many people 
have kids or even adults to wake up on Christmas with not a meal, not not just a little gift under the tree. It's, it's really not even at the end of the day, it's really not even about the size of it. It's just about the fact of it. You know what I mean? And and the celebration of what that day means and, and family and everything. But anyway, that's a whole nother story. But it's it's shocking when you, and especially this year, Dave, with all this crazy going on in the world. You know, I, I'm telling people this year, we'll have a bigger need this year, and I can already see we do. You know, we work with C. John, we get feedback, and we're going to have a bigger need this year than we've ever had in the 23 years we've been doing it. All right, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about COVID-19 and how has it changed the way Toy Trooper will happen this year? Well, this year what we're going to have to do because of what's going on with COVID is we're not going to be able to receive, and I don't like saying this, but I think the people will understand because of the handling of toys, we're going to have to take a different route and uh, do a more uh, sterile toy line uh, with working with Walmart like we do down here. Right. Um, but we're, we're, we have a donation button set up on Facebook. Now, last night they were having a little technical problems, but they were supposed to update that during the night and get us all fixed this morning. And where folks can go to uh, the Toy Trooper Facebook page, and there's a button on there they'll be able to click on. Or next Thursday, they can come by the Walmart and Bryant and make a donation to us if they'd like to. And, you know, with our one-day radio uh, a thon that you're a part of and you're aware of and you know what's going on. And then we're going to have a stream of working with C. John and Walmart to we'll be able to sterilely pass that um, Christmas gift on to those families uh, when that time comes. Well, just so you'll know, next Thursday I will be out of state, but I will record uh, an announcement that I can have Heidi play during my show that will be asking my listeners to, to uh you know, take their time to get over there to the southeast corner of the Walmart in Bryant and to uh, drop off uh, their monetary donations. I, I mean, I understand this is the need this year is bigger than it's ever been before. And I believe that my listeners are going to want uh, to give. Now, the button that you'll have on Facebook is that going to be turned on before the 10th or is it just going to go on the 10th? No, it'll be. It's going to be turned on today. It may be turned on right now. They just set it up last night because we knew we were going to be talking to your listeners this morning, and so they were working on it. And they, there was some kind of a technical issue because we are a five hundred one c three, and when when you have a uh, a gift that is tax deductible, then it you have to go through a series of things and that's above my level. And I don't understand it, but there was some kind of an issue last night and they were, they were going to upload stuff during the night that was going to fix our button, but there is a button. And if one of your listeners wants to go on today, they'll be able to just click right on it. I think there's a couple of different options there and that comes straight to toy troopers. And then we'll take that and get it in the Walmart stream and where the, the parents can get the gifts and stuff for the toys. Um, but, um, that will be active today and it'll stay active up until my understanding is Christmas Eve. Okay. Would you do, would you do me a favor? And as soon as that is activated, let me know so I can let Elizabeth know 
And we'll put a link on our page at the Dave Ellswick Show on Facebook as well so people can go right directly to it and and give. Absolutely, and I appreciate it because I'm telling you, of course, you've been out there with us all these years, and oh, yeah. you've seen your listeners. Your listeners turn out, and I, and I'll tell you, it, it changed several years ago when you started coming out, and your listeners started coming out. It changed the whole dynamics of our program. It really did because in the early years, when when you weren't there, um, I mean, we've you know, uh, the Lord's always watched out. He's always blessed us, but you know how it is, Dave. You've been there. You run out. You can't. You try to take care of as many as you can, and we do. But there's nothing worse than looking up and seeing that you're out. But when you got involved and your listeners got involved, that line where it used to be way long when we ran out got way short. And 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 matter of fact, last year we took care of things, and it was your listeners that put us over the top with the toys and everything. But this year. If they want to get on there and make that click and make that donation, man, we're so grateful. And I know they will, so I'll definitely pass that information along when we get that button up and running. Okay, so they're going to be able to give until, at least on the Facebook page, until Christmas Eve. That's my understanding, and I hate to be like that, Dave, but it's, you know... Our distribution day, as far as trying to get the toys out to or the gifts out through Walmart, through the families, is on the 19th, which is the Saturday before Christmas, if I'm thinking straight. Okay, so I'll, that, ma- I'll make sure I let everybody know to give before the 19th. Yes, that's really it. Now, uh, you know you you know how it is, Dave. You always have those last minute deals, sure. And after that's when we try to take care of those last minute things. But uh, working with C. John, C. John, which you're familiar with, C. John provides the the Christmas meal, and folks w- that are registered through C. John, they'll go up there and they'll get their Christmas basket, which is their meal, and then C. John will send them to us, and then we'll we'll send them through the stream of taking care of their kids. Yeah, bottom line, everybody needs to know that everybody that uh, goes through this program is basically cleared that you guys know that they're legitimate, right? That, that's correct. It's, you know, uh, 23 years we've been fine-tuning, and people are le- it's legit. The program is. The, the folks are. They're registered. We know about them. Um they they have to go through that system, and we don't do that to be difficult. We do that to make sure that the right people are getting the right thing at the right time. Right. And that because this is not a no one's on the payroll. We're volunteers working very hard. A hundred percent of the dollars goes back to the kids, and so you want to make sure it's getting to the right place. And and we do we do the best that we can and. Uh, we want those kids to wake up and have something under that tree, and we want those kids to have a Christmas meal to eat. So the only way to do that is to make sure that everything's on the up and up, and and we do the best we can at that. All right, it's all about it's all about food. It's all about toys, and let me just say that costs money, and that's where you come in, who are listening to this. A lot of money, just a lot of money is is needed when it comes to the toys and it comes to the food. As long as the money's there, the food is bought and the toys are bought. But when the money runs out, they're out. There's nothing that they can do. As far as I know, James didn't win the the lottery this year, 
and he and he can't make up uh, the you know the the, no. the excess. You can't do that, can you? No, no, I, well, I can't. And if <laughs> and you know, Dave, you've heard me say this: if you want to have a life changing experience, not this year, but next year, and maybe this year, come to distribution day. That's amazing, and you'll you see what we see. And man, the last thing you want to do is run out of money, and it happens a lot. But with your listeners, we'll pull through this thing, man, because I tell you, I don't want to put the pressure on you and your listeners, but, man, y'all make the difference, and y'all are going to be the ones that gets us through this year. I know that. All right. I got to get a a break here, James. You stay right where you're at. We're going to come back because, again, this is going to be (coughs) – excuse me. This is going to be different than in previous Toy Troopers. We'll talk about that a little bit when we come back. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, James Ballou will be hanging with us, so stay there. Maybe I can give him, get him to give you his recipe for the corn that he does. Uh, usually he has a big meal for everybody out there that's uh, doing things, and he's got a corn dish that is just knock your socks off. I'll get, I'll get him to talk about it. All right. Uh, they're looking for healthy volunteers for this COVID-19 vaccine uh, study that they're doing. Uh, that study is enrolling right now, and uh, if you want to help them research this investigational vaccine for COVID-19, all you have to do to participate in the clinical trial is, uh, you know, give them a call, basically, because uh, you're going to have access to no-cost study-related care. You'll also have the opportunity to help advance COVID-19 research. Now, no research or no insurance is required to take uh, part. And let me clear something up. I had somebody who who asked a question of me just the other day, saying, "This is safe, right, Dave? Yeah, it's safe. This is safe. They're in the third, you know, trial here. This is we the final. We wouldn't be promoting yeah. it if it wasn't safe. <laughs> I, w- <laughs> I wouldn't be asking you to to take something." That might give you a third eye or something. That ain't going to happen, okay? You're going <laughs> to you'll show up for this, and uh, you're going to be safe. Just know you're going to be safe. No insurance is required to take part. If you're an adult, you're in good or stable health, you can help uh, this program, and you may just be able to qualify. If you're interested in being involved, call 501-954-7822, 501 or go to C19, that's the letter C and then the number 19, vaccine study, one word, dot com. That's C19, vaccine study, dot com. Do that today. All right, letting you know, James Ballou is my guest today. We're going to have him back on on Tuesday of next week as well. And to, to give you a, 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 a view of what's happening with toy troopers this year. And uh, this has been going on for many, many years. I've been involved now for about a, a little over a decade now, I guess it's been, James. Uh, I've been doing the show yeah. out there, I guess, uh, well, it's been a while now. Yeah, it's been several years. It's, and, and, you know, it's uh, we need to get together more often, but it's the one time of year we get together and and, and, and pass a blessing to these kids and have some little food, some eats, and... Uh, Get your wife upset at me because the belt don't fit just right no more, but brother, <laughs> we get it done, don't we? <laughs> we do get it done. By the way, 
Can you do it off the top of your head? Give us that corn recipe real quick. You know, I, I was thinking about that, and uh, here's 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 what I'm going to say, Dave, and I'm going to say it while we're on the air, and everybody can hear. Do I give it out now, or do you click and then I send you one? Let me think of how we do that. That's fine. Tell us Tuesday. How's that? There you go. I'll do that. I'll have it more prepared Tuesday, but it's not hard. It's it's basically very easy. I know it's easy, but it is so good. What can I say? I feel (laughs) I always I always do my Mister Food imitation when I talk about that corn (laughs) recipe. Is it mm, so good? So good. All right. Yeah, I, I have to make that corn for you and uh, little red beans and rice for a couple of other people, and everybody's got their their thing. So it's all good. Maybe next year we can all get back together. We'll get this two shall pass, brother. We'll all be getting back together and doing it. You know, normally we're out there for you know this, Dave. Normally we're out there three days. Yes, we're out there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But this year, because of what's going on in the world, we're we're out there the one day. You yeah, know? and that's the biggest change of all. And why don't you talk about that? What to what? You know, you're not going to be bringing toys to them this year because that's verboten. You can't do it not with COVID nineteen. So talk about this is all about the money this year. It, it is, and 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 I uh, let me say this, Dave. Check us out. I want folks that you know. There's you know how the world is, Dave. Some of these people are asking for dollars, and a lot of times this time of the year. A lot of people uh, misuse your trust and do those things. Check us out. If you have any question about the legitimacy of Toy Trippers, check us out. We have a 23-year background, and you'll find out that your dollars are going straight to the kids and straight to these families and not in anyone's pocket. Uh, The other thing I would tell you is that this is normally a three-day event. Last year, and you know this day, we had a live nativity scene out there with camels. And, you know, literally, we had camels in Bryan, Arkansas last year. We had, (laughs) you know, the the billy goats and the lamb. I mean, we had all this stuff. and We normally have inflatables for kids and little merry-go-rounds. And then we have the big trailer, and people bring the toys out. It's very festive, and it's very enjoyable. We're tired by Sunday night because we've been there since, since, but... You know, the toys come out, and we fill those trucks, and we get with C. John, we pass them out. But this year, because of COVID and because of things, we're only going to be able to be there the one day, and that's next Thursday, the 10th. And on that day, we're, we're collecting monetary donations, and those monetary donations are going to be transformed over at Walmart for the for – the, and the reason we do that is because Walmart has supported us all these years. Yes, they have. C. John has vetted the family. C. John provides the meal, and then we're going to send that stream to where mom and dad can go in there in a sterile fashion and get the toys for the kids. And uh, do it's a little different, but it's that's how we're going to do it. You know, normally we'll have all the toys set up, and they're set up by age groups, and mom and dad can go in there, and we walk with them, and they can pick out things for the you know a gift for their kid but this year it's a little different but at the end of the day the same effect and the same blessing will come from it for those kids and for those families that's right james thanks for being with me this morning uh you'll be with me at uh, 6 p.m we're going to do a recording and then play it back at six o'clock in the evening on next tuesday and at that time he'll tell you how he's going to do his corn recipe 
Is he going <laughs> to? Is he just going to give it to everybody, or is he going to say if you donate, you get the corn recipe? We'll we'll find that out Tuesday. That's that's fine with me, James. You guys do a fantastic job. I think we'll be able to handle the people that are going to be in need this year. I know my listeners will stand up and and be counted. And brother, we'll talk again Tuesday. All right. Thank you, brother. God bless you and your listeners, brother. All right, Take we'll care. talk to you later. All right, James Ballou. He's from Toy Troopers over there in uh, in Bryant, something that I got involved with uh, a, a lot of years ago. Let's just put it that way. And uh, I've been to Distribution Day. And let me tell you, to see all those families uh, at Distribution Time is incredible. Uh, it won't happen that way this year, but when it does happen again, uh, I'll probably will broadcast live uh, from distribution uh, time. All right, we got to get to the news. Let's do that. Then when we come back, Randy Motley's going to be with us, going to talk about live Christmas trees when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. We're going to talk a little Christmas with you here this half hour. Uh, I wanted to let you know I'm over on Riverdale 10's uh, Facebook page, right now Facebook, but uh, website right now. And that first theater is even the first three rows are selling out. And uh, the second theater looks like it will be sold out, I would believe, by Monday. So, uh, you know, get your tickets now for It's a Wonderful Life. If you want to go see the movie on the big screen again, you need to uh, to give them a, a call uh, on their website and get set up and ready to go. Know that a lot of other people are doing it. And know that there's going to be social distancing. All the, the COVID-19 protocols will be followed. You'll be safe. Plus, you get to eat popcorn, theater popcorn. And that's different than eating just popcorn at the house. I mean, I eat, I, I eat Orville Redenbacher popcorn, and I think that's the best. But I just there's just some kind of magic pixie dust they throw on the popcorn at the movie theater. Speaking about uh, Christmas time, because that, that is a classic Christmas movie, I want to talk to Randy Motley here. He is joining us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'll be at, I'm going to be honest with you, Randy. If it hadn't been for Heidi, my producer, I wouldn't have even knew that y'all existed. That's terrible of me. <laughs> well, we exist. We we're here. Well, that's uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I've been growing Christmas trees for for thirty eight years now. Wow! In in Little Rock, yes. Okay, so yes. Motley's Christmas Tree Farm. First of all, let's start off by asking you where you exactly are well we're in the southwest little rock we're off of willow springs road uh, a lot of people know where that is at the end of guyer springs road mm-hmm. easy to find okay and how many i mean how many christmas trees do you have uh well on any given moment we've got about five thousand wow or Yes, for sale this year we have about uh, fifteen hundred left right now for sale. Holy, you know I didn't know that many people were still buying live trees to put up in their homes. Oh yes, yes, it's actually uh, uh, this year is up quite a bit, which uh, we didn't know at first what was going to happen with the COVID, but now we see this uh, large outdoor venue is what people are looking for right now. Apparently, well, sure they want to get out and they want to do something and. You're more than Christmas trees, and I want to talk about that with you as well. But, you know, there's something to be said 
to be a you know to, to pretend like you're Griswold and you can walk around and find your own live Christmas tree. It's a great experience. I've had families coming out here for 20 years. Uh, it really is a great experience for the kids, especially. Do you have a Griswold Christmas tree? Uh, I, well, we have them for sale. I don't have one up in my house yet, but we have plenty of them for sale. Uh, as a matter of fact, this is a year for large trees. We've got over 150 large trees, like 12 foot and up. Wow. Uh, up to about Yeah, up to about 16 foot. And we are selling a lot of extra large trees this year. Okay, now the 16 footer does not come with the root ball, right? Uh, no, no. These are all these are cut down. We, we grow the trees and they are uh, they're ready to saw down. Most of, they all go out with uh, being cut. No root balls go out. Okay, so Randy, what possessed you to get into Christmas trees? Uh, actually, I visited a local choose and cut tree farm back in the late seventies or early eighties. I don't remember around nineteen eighty, and uh, just caught my attention. It just looked like. A nice sideline. At the time, Arkansas, uh, uh, probably the uh, uh, University of Arkansas, probably, were pushing Christmas trees as an alternative crop for Arkansas farmers. They were having a hard time with the fuel crisis back Uh in the late 70s. They actually thought it would be a good alternative crop for Arkansas farmers, and that didn't exactly play out, but they did put a lot of research into it to uh, determine which trees would be best for Arkansas, could be profitable. So we got the benefit from that, and uh, it was popular in the early 80s. Uh, In the early 80s, there were over 225 Christmas tree farms in Arkansas. Uh, That was at the peak, and now we're down to about 25 Christmas tree farms, I would think. Wow. Wow, I, I didn't. That's an interesting story. And that story, when I can start bringing people back in my studio all the time, I'm going to have to get you here and, and, okay. and talk about that. And of course, I always tell people after Christmas if they had a live Christmas tree to take it down uh, someplace where the Arkansas Game of Fish can sink them and right. uh, and build up a place for the fish to to spawn and and do their thing because it helps right helps fishing there's no doubt absolutely. about that absolutely it's a very popular uh alternative to throwing your tree away yeah I why, think, why uh, put it on the curb when you can drop it uh off of the uh, in the arkansas river and help the fishing exactly uh, i hate to tell everybody war memorial stadium parking lot yet because i'm not sure this year but uh in the past it's always been at the uh, uh war memorial parking lot yeah, I'll, I'll give a call. I, I, I guess if they show up with a lot, that that will be the pickup. Spot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give them. I'll give them a call. We'll find out and uh, maybe a I'll, warning. I'll, I'll yeah. let people know. So let, let's right. talk, Randy, about uh, about how many. We know you got a a bunch of Christmas trees there. It's time to come out now and pick your Christmas tree, or you're not going to have a Christmas tree to pick. And uh, right. talk a little bit about that, and then bring the kids, but make it a family affair because you've got a lot of other things that are going on around. Uh, the Christmas trees. Why don't you tell my listeners about that? Okay. We do have a lot going on at the farm. Uh, we actually have a pumpkin patch uh, also. So we, we're set up to entertain the kids. And it really is all about uh, kids out here. Uh, you know, they're, gonna, they're never going to forget their trip to the tree farm. I have people that come out here, uh, uh, bring their children, and one of the adults in the family will tell me that they came as a child. 
and they remember cool. details about their trip. They tell me things like, yeah, you used to have the animals over here. And uh, I remember we cut, there was used to be a field over here where we cut out of. <laughs> so I, and that was 25 years ago sometimes when they would tell me these stories. So I know for a fact that the children that come out here are never going to forget their trip to the Christmas tree farm. It's a memory they will keep forever. All right. So tell people what else is there for the kids to do. Okay. We've got uh, all kinds of kids activity on good weather days, which this weekend will be a good one. Yep. Uh, It's cool and sunny. Uh, We have the jump pillows going, which is like a huge bounce house only much bigger and safer uh have a pirate ship play area it's large like a two-story huge pirate ship almost big as a house uh have hay rides for the entire family uh small petting zoo with a couple animals in it now uh oh pig races our claim to fame pig races okay uh yeah we have pig races everybody comes to see the pig races they may not even buy a christmas tree but they still come out to see the pig races can people it's, it's, come? Can people come well, out? Because I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, Randy. I've got an artificial tree. All right. Yes. And that's fine. can I come out and buy pieces of Christmas tree? I mean, are there like branches on the ground Absolutely. that I can buy? Absolutely. Absolutely. If you want to decorate, we have the greenery. We already have it tied up in bundles. You get a big half a wash tub size bundle for about six bucks wow uh we've got greenery right to decorate you can do your martha stewart thing all over your house uh, we've got uh you, you don't have to buy a christmas tree we've got all kinds of things going on we have a gift shop with uh uh christmas decorations christmas ornaments for your artificial tree if you cool. must uh we've got all kinds of stuff uh also we make uh we've got good eats around here too the grill will be open uh Fresh grilled burgers, all that stuff. But we also have our famous Motley's Farm homemade fudge. We go through about Ooh. 200 to 250 pounds of fudge each week out here. People, Everybody knows about our fudge. They come out the farm, they're going to get fudge. All right. This sounds very cool. I've not been there. I'm going to get there this weekend. I Great. Prob- Great. Uh, are you going to be there this weekend? Absolutely, I will be. I will ask for you, and I, okay. I'd like to meet you and, and talk to you further about all of this. Uh, I'm going to keep you on for the rest of this half hour. I've got to get a break in right now. Okay. And when, okay. We, co- and when right. we come back, I want to talk about what type of trees do you have there. When people come out, and I know a, every Christmas tree is not the same. Many Christmas trees are totally different. We will talk about that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're talking with Randy Motley of uh, Motley's Christmas Tree Farm right here in Little Rock. You can go out and have some great times. You're hearing about it now. We'll talk further about it when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we continue. Randy Motley is our guest. He's with Motley's Christmas Tree Farm. Not every Christmas tree is the same. You've got all kinds of different Christmas trees. Tell us a little bit about that, Randy. Okay. On the farm here, we are growing a tree called Leyland Cypress and Carolina Sapphire. Uh, I know those names might not mean much to a lot of people, but just to let you know, we do have two different kinds of trees growing on the farm. Uh, we also bring a uh, Fraser fir in from North Carolina. Fraser fir is a tree we can't grow in Arkansas, but it is very popular, so we bring those in. Actually, Fraser fir is the number one selling tree in the country right now. Wow. 
Uh, why why won't it grow here in Arkansas? Too hot? Too dry? What? Yeah, it's too hot and dry there, it, and something to do with the elevation. They're all mainly grown in the mountains. Even in North Carolina, where we get them, there's uh, just a few counties where most of these trees are grown in the mountains. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That, that's an interesting story in and of, of itself. I mean, it bothers me that the the Christmas tree they put up there in in uh, in New York comes in a, a lot of times. It's some kind of Swedish brand of tree. <laughs> well, I'm sure it was probably cut in in the United States at least. Well, it was. <laughs> okay. It was. Well, it, was know, next to a, it was next to a house this year. Oh, okay. Well, you know, Christmas trees are the industry is trying new trees all the time. Uh, just like every other industry, you know, they're always going to see what's out there if there's something better. So we do get uh, uh, trees from around the world sometimes where people will try to. Uh, see if they're going to be feasible to use commercially for christmas trees okay well i got ruined on live christmas trees when i was a kid because my mom all right she 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 gave me the 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 word and made me negative on real christmas trees but i'm going to come out uh, this weekend and i'm going to pick up uh one of the uh, maybe a couple of bundles of of uh, the greenery that you have available because the smell of a christmas tree cannot be duplicated oh my goodness i know i've had i had a lady a couple years ago she came out and she walked through our fraser fur display area and she started crying she said this is my this is my this is christmas at my grandmother's house Mm. she was actually from north carolina and just the smell brought back the memories for i can imagine that you know, you're you're using an artificial tree, and I understand that they are a little easier and uh, no mess, and it is a little it is a little more of a chore to put up a live tree, but the difference is just uh, it's there. Well, I mean, I have people that use artificial trees for a while, and they come back to a live tree. Well, I'm telling you what. Here's the key: the difference now is that so many people have gone to you know wood floors and things of that nature. That's that, right. uh, that the reason that my mother didn't like live trees is when you would take it down those needles would fall off and they get buried in your rug and then sometime in july you'd be get you'd be walking through the house early in the morning and you'd get stuck and uh, she didn't like that uh the, the cleanup she didn't do that that was the boys that was us boys that did that for her well, I think you would be pleasantly surprised with the trees that are being used uh, these days. Uh, that was a big complaint. Uh, the, the three trees we sell here on the farm are known for a long shelf life. Okay. And I hear it every year. People come back and tell me my tree was just as green as it was when I put it up. You know, cool. We didn't take it down to the middle of January, and it was still perfect. Uh, also, you're cutting. Now, remember, you're cutting a tree here on the farm. That's as fresh as you get one. Uh, that was that's not something that uh, your mother had an option for when you were young. That's right. Uh, you get a farm fresh Christmas tree, and it's altogether different from what you might pick up at a box store these days. Well, let me let me tell you. I grew up where you know you you've seen the Christmas story. You know, right? That is about Hammond, Indiana, and that's where I grew up. And I remember all the things that are in that movie. And, right. and and it's it's amazing uh, when you look at that, and uh, you know having a, a live Christmas tree was just part of the deal. But you went out, and they'd put up on the street corner somewhere. They'd have all the Christmas trees, and Lord knows when they were cut. 
Exactly. You know, they were already drooping, kind of, at, at oh, that time. Oh, my goodness. Right. And, 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 the, and the needles were already falling off, to be, to be right. honest about it. That's what it was. But, uh, right. you know, I, I, I want to come out and see what you all are doing. Uh, before I let you go, Randy, can I ask you to tell people, give them, like, three main points about picking out a Christmas tree? What are some things that you should take into consideration? Uh, probably size would be number one. Uh, we have people all the time get a 10 foot tree when they have eight foot ceilings. It happens all the time. Uh, they always say it got bigger before they got home. Uh, and I, I, as far as type of tree, it just kind of, uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I, it's really hard for me to pick a tree. I have friends call me sometimes and tell me to pick them out a tree. They just want to come pick it up. I don't do it. Oh, I've good. learned, uh, you cannot pick a tree out for somebody else. I tell them I will. I'll pick your second wife for you, but I'm not going to try to pick a tree for you. <laughs> okay. That's easier to do. That that exactly. part's easier. Okay, I got exactly. you. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So I'm going to bring myself and my grandson and my wife out uh, this weekend. What, uh, what time are the hours uh, for Motley's uh, Christmas tree farm? And again, let everybody know how to get there. Okay, great. I'll do it. Uh, we're open Tuesday through Friday, 1 p.m. till 6 p.m., Saturday and Sunday, 9 a.m. till 5 p.m. I'm going to give you my address. I can put it in their phone. It's 13724 Sandy Ann Drive, Little Rock, 72206. Easiest way to find it is go to com. You'll find all the information there. All right. That's that's the way we like to do it. We'll put a link uh, on my uh, Facebook page right. so people can go to the Facebook page and find you. It's been a right. pleasure talking to you. I will see you sometime this weekend, and I will buy some fudge. And I'll guarantee my doctor doesn't want to hear that. I'm type two yeah. diabetic. I said, "Don't buy fudge." I'm going to buy fudge, and I'm also going to buy. A couple of bundles of those greeneries. Now, Greener, I, would, I, would, I would be remiss if I didn't ask this. How many birds are in back of you right now? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. That's, no, that's okay. There, there are two canaries. Boy, they make one, a lot one of noise. Their breakfast. Yeah, they want breakfast. When they see me get up, they want breakfast. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> let me not hold you from that. Randy, thank you so much for you know spending some time with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I appreciate it. Thanks you for having me, Dave. All right. We'll talk to you later now. All right. Randy Motley. Motley's Christmas Tree Farm.com. Go to that and you get all the directions. You'll see all the different things that they do out there. Um, I know Eli will love munching on some fudge. And I know he will also have a, a great time uh, going and uh, sitting and watching the pigs race. I'm just going to tell you what kids love, love pig races because they're just crazy. It's crazy. I mean, it's not like you got a bunch of big sows out there. You got little piglets and little piglets get crazy. I, I know that because when I was a kid, I used to go to a farm with my dad and my mom uh, in some summertime and I would get into the, the pen with piglets and chase them all the time. I, I didn't know I was probably getting them ready for the races, getting them getting them set up and ready to go. All right, we got news coming up with you. I'll give you some more Christmas music, get you ready for the news that's coming. Robert Steinbach and Chris Corbett are going to be with me when we come back. Uh, we've got Matt Smith as well, who's going to join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Stick around. There's a lot more coming your way here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Put up the tree before my- 
get into the seven o'clock hour welcome to the dave ellswick show hope you've been with us since 6 a.m because we've had some great conversations in that first hour with james Ballou from toy troopers and then with randy motley from motley's uh, christmas tree farm and got some good information about going out and buying a christmas tree and how christmas trees are different now than they were back in the day when we used to go get them i mean it was on a street corner just like in uh you know a christmas story it was out on a street corner they had those big uh bulbs uh, you know on the on the wire basically uh on on pieces of wood uh around the the uh, the, the place so you could walk around the christmas trees and look at them and you had no idea when they'd been cut down they had to be transported to the you know the the selling point and you know the needles were already falling out and when you got it home you put it in the stand. You made sure you had the water with the sugar in it so that the tree would live as long as, long as it could. And at, at that time, and I'm talking about in the late 50s and in the 60s, maybe even into the early 70s, you know, Christmas trees were, were real fire hazards. They're not that way anymore. They stay green for a long, long time. So it was really great to talk to Randy Motley. He, he told me, guys, that uh, in arkansas there were 250 something uh christmas tree farms uh back in the 80s there's only 25 in the state now and he's one of them i mean just amazing yeah and and i can attest to that because the christmas tree farm that i grew up with dave uh it was called homestead christmas tree farm and it was out kind of in the avila area of saline county it was kind of out in the boonies Uh and that's the christmas tree farm that i grew up with but unfortunately i think when i was like 10 11 12 or something like that it closed down and so thank goodness for motley's yeah you know to still have that christmas experience well when when somebody tells me they've got five thousand christmas trees they're doing well you know he's doing well he's only got 1500 left so if you're wanting a live christmas tree you need to get out there and you need to buy you some fudge i'm going to go out there this weekend with my grandson and uh, pick up uh, a couple of uh, of uh, groupings of uh, greenery off the trees and put them in the house so i get the smell of christmas along with you know the uh, the artificial tree that i have up in our listening or our or, 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 uh, living room. All right, with that said, Robert Steinbach is here. He is a law professor at the uh, Bowen School of Law, and, of course, it, uh, his opinions are his and his alone, not necessarily those of the school nor of the uh, university. And Chris Corbett is with us as well, attorney at law out in Conway. He uh, his, his specialty is engineering, and I, I, I forget what story was that I was reading this week. There's a big lawsuit on the engineering side of, uh, of law and um, different. Uh, it seems it was out in California and Oregon. What a big surprise. And they were fighting about something. And uh, they had two uh, attorneys that they specifically uh, named in the lawsuit. And they were 
I guess, two of the nationally known attorneys dealing with uh, engineering. Now, I don't remember if your name was in there, Chris, was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't. i got to look this up. <laughs> I need to know about this. I'm just saying, there's something going on. It's a big thing. I mean, it was this this uh, lawsuit was millions upon millions of dollars, and uh, the builder was complaining about something, and the person who was having something built was complaining about something. And when you have two people complaining, you always have a lawyer in the middle, don't you? That's exactly right. <laughs> you, Batman. You got to have that. And don't go into court without a lawyer because, uh, you know, <laughs> they'll tell you that somebody who, who takes uh, takes up the law in their own hands has a fool for a client. So keep, That's right. You know, keep that in, keep that in mind. Guys, have you been watching the stories that have been coming out dealing with Georgia? I have. Some have. Some have. Yeah. yeah, they're crazy. I'm telling you, it's crazy. This this Lynn Wood, who's an attorney, and he's kind of gotten involved with Sidney Powell, uh, and he's he's getting up in front of rallies and saying some pretty audacious things. And then, uh, uh, who was it? Uh, the Wire, uh, from Ben uh, Shapiro's website, uh, came out and started, and, and Breitbart as well, started reporting on this guy's voting record and that he had not voted in a Republican primary for 16 years, that he had given money to Barack Obama, he had given money to, all, to guys that were going up against Purdue when he was running for the, the Senate in Georgia, and it makes me wonder what what's up this guy's sleeve because uh, the president evidently called him and said, "Knock it off." That that's <laughs> that's the words that the president used. Knock it off. What you're doing because he's this guy is telling people unless Purdue and uh, and uh, Loeffler show up in in Georgia and uh, demand that the the governor calls special session. Uh, that people shouldn't turn out at the polls. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard of. Is, is this guy like a, a secret mole for the Democrats or something? What's your guys' thoughts on this? Have you been following this story very close? I, I haven't seen that part of the story, but I am disappointed more generally with the fact that <clears throat> there have been a number of allegations across the country regarding irregularities and impropriety in the voting system, I saw a video on Tucker last night that uh, some folks at some polling station were opening up suitcases yeah. and ballots. I don't know if that's real or not, but I think that needs to be investigated. And, of course, this is the irony that we see now is that the Democrats in 2016 said, oh, my, uh, you know, their their faces were melting uh, and when the, Trump wouldn't answer the question directly as to whether he would challenge the election. And then for the next four years and actually starting even before Trump won the presidency, they sought to delegitimize his election with absolutely false claims about conspiracy with Russia. And they were on TV literally saying it, that that just fool, Adam, um, what's the guy from Schiff. California again? Schiff. Thank you. Uh, Adam Schiff uh, was saying, well, it's in plain sight. By the way, when you hear people say that, that's usually not always, but usually code for I don't actually have any evidence, so I'm just going to tell you it's right there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the magician. Look at my hands as he's pulling something out of his sleeve. 
And Schiff just says, demonstrated himself to be a liar. There's really no credibility there whatsoever. And so when the democratically endorsed uh, um, uh, commission came out and said, oh, guess what? There was no collusion. Then, oh, well, there's all sorts of other problems, they claimed, right? The collusion myth was exposed. And now you fast forward four years later, and Trump says, wait a second, uh, you, uh, you have an election here that there have been demonstrated improprieties. Let's look into it. And you have places like Twitter saying, this allegation is not confirmed. You know, if Dave Ellswick or Rob Steinbuck or Chris Corbett puts out a, a, a tweet about something, other than that, it's not uh, checked by Twitter. Meaning, why do I bring that? Meaning, Twitter is making a political decision to undermine the president's questioning of the legitimacy of some votes. And so this whole matter has become completely politicized because of the Democrats, not because of the Republicans. Republicans have simply raised questions, and and the Democrats, they constantly point to the Republicans and say, you undermine uh, elections, but when there is evidence, instead of addressing it, they say, well, it undermines elections. No, it doesn't, because real elections are legitimate elections. I'm not saying this wasn't legitimate. I'm saying real questions have been raised, and why don't we actually address those questions? And they have to be addressed, because if they do not, and Chris, you can chime in on this, Americans are going to lose faith in the the ballot box as it's being done now. That's right, Dave. Um, So Lynn Wood, the only thing I know about him is he represented that uh, Robert uh, Jewell, that that so-called Atlanta bomber. bomber, Yeah. yeah, And he just proved to be innocent. He was not the bomber. Right. That's right. He was not the bomber, the alleged bomber, right? Correct. And um, so – uh, he's got some. Cre- I think. I think Lynn Woods got some credibility. I, it's news to me that the government or the president has told him to to hush up or to knock it off. Um, he's with Sidney Powell. I want to see the evidence. I'm the video of these uh, suitcases coming in the into Georgia, and they're counting these things after the poll workers poll workers left. Uh, it's really disturbing to me. Yeah, and, where, and where at Fulton County? All right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a problem. It's a big problem. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. There, there's a lot of things that went on out in Arizona. There's a lot of things that went on in Nevada. There's a lot of things that went in Pennsylvania and especially in Philadelphia. I mean, there's countless, countless things where you've had people sign affidavits, people who have put their name down legally saying my story is true. And if it's not, you can put my butt in jail. That's right. That's right. With, that was a that was at the hearing with Rudy Giuliani a couple of days ago, right? Or yesterday? Yeah, yeah. He well, he's uh-huh. been going all across the United States. It amazes me that you've got these people saying, "Well, yeah, there was cheating, but it wasn't enough to, to sway the election." And I go, "Well, why aren't you doing something about the cheating? It's like they just blow it off." People should be going to jail if they know that they've been cheating. It's remarkable. Nobody wants to address it. And and the point that I was trying to bring out a moment ago, which perhaps uh, to be 
candid, I didn't do terribly effectively, is that the, the Democrats constantly point to the Republicans to say you're undermining elections yep. when they ask questions, when what really undermines elections is illegitimate voting. Asking questions doesn't undermine elections. Illegitimate voting does. And here's this is just another example of the fact that the left wants to control speech. There's permissible speech, Dave, according to the left, and impermissible speech. And you're not allowed to say anything that challenges any of their people being elected, because that is illegitimate speech and apparently not protected by the First Amendment, according to the lefties. Well, we're going to talk about the left's view of freedom of, of speech and, and things of that nature as we go along today in this uh, hour and a half that we have together. And uh, he's, he says something uh, that you and I have been saying for quite some time, Robert, and that progressives progressives are no longer defenders of free expression. We'll get into that a little long, a little later here in the show. Right now, got to get our first break in, and we, do, we will do that, and then I'll uh, be back with you guys just in a second. So stand by, get yourself some more coffee. We'll be ready to talk more when we come back after this break. Don't forget about PI Roofing. PI Roofing is ready and able and willing to take care of your roof. Elizabeth Sotolaro found that out just this week. She had a new roof put on her house by uh, PI Roofing, and she can do nothing but just, you know, praise them. I got I got text after text after text from Elizabeth saying she was watching them do this work, and she was in just incredulous about things they were doing, things that I've been talking for almost 20 years that they do, all right? But until you see it up close and personal – you really don't understand how good these people really, really are. Now, on top of all of this professionalism they have and doing this right, they also follow all the COVID-19 rules that they need to follow to keep you safe and to keep their workers safe. Just know they do that. But uh, if if you've got a leak in your roof, if you're seeing discoloration, and the ceiling of a room or you're seeing some water after rain at the bottom near the baseboard, you need to have it looked at to make sure uh, how much of a leak you have. Because I'm going to tell you what, water does a lot of damage when it gets inside your home. And, and, and you want the best to take care of it. And that's PI Roofing. Just call them. Same number I call when I get them out to my house. 707 3551. 707 3551. And then, of course, you can visit them online at piroofing.com. We continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're about 25 minutes after seven right now. Robert Steinbach and, of course, Chris Corbett are both my guests, as they always are on Fridays between seven and 8 30. 8 30, uh, we'll do a recording. With Matt Smith, you'll hear that at 6, and there's some important things to talk to Matt about. Some things are happening within the movie industry that can have a, a huge impact on movie theaters, and I'll uh, talk to him about that uh, in the 6 o'clock hour. You won't want to miss it. I'll also talk to Chris and, and Robert during the 6 o'clock hour as well, because there's a lot of things going on right now. And with COVID-19 and they're calling it the dark winter now, and whatever, and, and it's just it's just crazy. A lot of it is just crazy stuff and people overreacting to things. Uh, but uh, 
bottom line, a lot of uh, interesting things uh, going on. And look, I, I talk from a guy who just lost his oldest brother uh, to COVID-19 on Monday. Uh, but COVID, he got COVID-19. Uh, I don't know how he contracted it. I don't know what he was doing. He and his wife both got it. Uh, but Johnny, my oldest brother, also uh, had a lot of other things going on with him uh, that he was ill with. And his body was not strong enough to withstand uh, this virus. And it, it took his life. Does that mean that I think that everybody... And, and look, I've got some some medical problems. I've had a, a five-way bypass in the last uh, five years, and I, I have uh, uh, type 2 diabetes. But do I think you should change your life and the way you live for me? And the answer to that is no. I can stay home if I want to. I mean, Robert stays home all the time right now. Next time I see him, I don't know if he'll look like the same guy I've, I knew uh, when he when he went into uh, exile at his own house. Are you growing a beard, dude? Or, 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 do you got a beard like down to your knees now? Uh, I'm not Gandalf, but I. Um, <laughs> you may not recognize me because... When I used to come on your show in person, I was uh, an extremely attractive man, Dave. And now it's no longer the case, you see. Well, I'm not, I am not going to touch that with a 20-foot pole. <laughs> there <right>. you go. <laughs> how, how has life changed for you, Chris? I mean, seriously, we've got two minutes here. That's the reason I'm talking it's, about this. I'll be honest, I've, I've gained 30 pounds. It's terrible. <laughs> I've gained 30 pounds, and I was already a big guy. So, um, yeah, it's it's weird. You know, just recently, Dave, in the last two weeks, I've known five people that have contracted COVID. Prior to that, I didn't personally know anybody right. that had it. Um, and so I don't know if it's if this ramp up is real, but it, it's a little scary. Um, and they didn't. I can't, I've, I've called and asked them, "How'd you get it?" Well, I don't know. Um, and uh, so this thing is highly contagious. And but but the government doesn't need to be stepping in and and shutting down restaurants and that kind of jazz. People got to be left to their own devices. Are you right? Ready? Have have you, you both have been to Washington D.C. and the. The independent restaurants in Washington, D.C. are cool because the the kinds of restaurants they have are, are specialty restaurants, Chinese and Thai food and things of that nature. I read, right. I read a story yesterday that 50% of all the businesses in D.C. are boarded up. Oh, my gosh. See, I... It, to have that kind of unique perspective of across the country, I know restaurateurs are hurting. There's a there, you have to fill so many tables, or you're not profitable. Yeah. Period. Yes, that's the, simple. The social distancing thing is is hurting restaurants bad. Um, All right. And keep um, your keep your thoughts to you, Chris to yourself right now. We got to get to rush, and then we'll come back, and we're going to talk further. Robert and uh, Chris will be with us. Uh, in the next half hour as well on the Dave Ellswick Show. Some stuff to talk about uh, today. For instance, I talked a little bit about this on uh, Wednesday when I had both uh, the um, congressman from the 2nd District, French Hill, on, and from the 4th District, uh, Bruce Westerman. And they were talking about the Speaker of the House, 
not uh, being serious about uh, COVID-19 funding and uh, things of that nature and, and helping people. You know, by the end of this year, uh, if they don't get in there and do a few things, uh, 12 million people are going to lose all of their uh, unemployment benefits here in the United States. Uh, on top of that, we'll not have a new defense act uh, that's been, you know, voted on. And there and there's some real serious issues out there. Well, but there's none more serious than what the uh, Speaker of the House believes, and that is that the House is going to make a historic vote on federally decriminalizing uh, marijuana today. This is what the Speaker of the House thinks is one of the most important issues facing America at this time. So uh, let me just give you a a little bit about this. I sent you guys this story. A vote Friday on a long-shot measure that would decriminalize marijuana use at the uh, federal level months after pulling the bill amid worries the controversial vote could cause some lawmakers to lose tight races in November. The Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act would uh, also mandate a reassessment of prior marijuana convictions uh, invest in services for people caught up in the war on drugs and open small business administration funding for legitimate cannabis related businesses. Now, serious guys, this is not the most important issue, right? That that's on the table right now, but this is what, uh, Pelosi felt was necessary to bring forth to the people who, what is she trying to do? Get the youth vote some more or something? I think that's actually right. I think this is obviously an appeal to uh, folks that um, smoke pot. Now, I, I do think we have a problem when we throw people in jail for significant periods of time, uh, particularly if the, they have pot for individual use versus uh, selling it, uh, albeit uh, that distinction sometimes gets lost in the law. Uh, so uh, I don't think that we are sort of nationally handling, ideally, uh, marijuana. However, in terms of priorities, this is a political move, and we have more important things to do. Now, they might come back and aptly say, they can walk and chew gum. They can do more than one thing. They have staff. I actually agree with that. But let's see, let's see you do the other things. So my complaint is less about what they're doing in terms of raising the issue of marijuana. Uh, I also am not in favor of kind of these blanket changes in terms of marijuana. Uh, I think it needs to be a rather nuanced change and done Develop over time. We need to develop over time the changes to uh, so that it doesn't get out of hand. Uh, but of course, you have people on both sides of the aisle who are in the pocket of uh, big marijuana. Uh, the former uh, majority leader, uh, now represent Republican, uh, represents uh, marijuana interests, and so th- there's a lot of money there. Needless to say. And when there's a lot of money there, I become concerned that we're doing things too quickly and and too broadly. 
I have not dug into this issue, so I can't speak to the individual specifics. But I do think that we do need to look at it, but we need to do so uh, with a reasoned uh, and steady approach. Yeah, I, I just let me just read this last uh, paragraph. It says, while the prolonged stalemate over the next phase of COVID-19 relief persists, plus a defense bill still persists, uh, lawmakers still haven't got, come together on other must-pass legislation on the agenda that require bipartisan cooperation, including an agreement to fund the government. Congress has just five legislative days remaining on the schedule before a potential government shutdown on December 11th. That is a week from today. That will happen while you're filling in for me, in fact, Mr. Steinbach. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they, mm-hmm. You know, are they going to rush uh, through and, and, and uh, you know, fund the government for uh, the rest of the year and into the next quarter? Or are they going to spend time with time that needs to be on other issues on the floor of the House on a bill that really doesn't have much chance of passing because – the Republicans in the Senate are not going to pass it, nor is the uh, president going to pass it. What do you think, Chris? I, well, I'll tell you what. I think the federal government needs to get the heck out of the way of states' rights. Um, I got buddies in Colorado when they first passed the marijuana laws. They were for it. Now they're against it. Every park they go to, every open space they go to, they're explaining to their eight and nine-year-olds why why the park smells like a skunk because someone's smoking some Mary Jane, some skunk weed next to them. Right. Um, I think I think the federal government um, tried this. They prohibited liquor. Well, the Eighteenth Amendment, I think, and um, it was outrageous. People are going to do what they want to do. And here's the deal. Let people let the states experiment with this. If you don't want to live in a state where marijuana is legal, then move out of that state, right? Yeah. Go somewhere else. That's right. Uh, it's that's what you, that's that's how it's supposed to work. And the federal government trying to make a blanket law to legalize a mind-altering drug, in my mind, is a bad idea. Uh, they need to stay the heck out of the way. Now they want to use their uh, commerce clause to tie federal tax dollars to it, like they did to alcohol and liquor and state highway construction. They can do something like that, but. But as far as the federal government get involved down in here on this, the minutia of uh, um, whether or not a dime bag of marijuana is going to be legal or illegal, they need to stay the heck out of that. Well, now, let me just take an assumption here, but we all know what assume means. Uh, I don't think that you'll be moving to Oregon any time soon. Is that correct? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) With the voodoo donuts and the let's keep. Portland, Oregon, weird signs. I'm out. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't. <laughs> You're gonna, soon, you'll be able to go to your neighborhood uh, grocery store and buy uh, a special kind of mushroom. Oh man! And and my my soon to be 18 year old can go get his butt shot off in Iraq, but can't buy a beer. Right? Come on. Yeah, yeah, I I understand. I'm. I got I'm, I'm I got issues with, with it. Yeah, yeah, I understand, and I I'm all about the Tenth Amendment too. I think that you know we should allow states to make up their mind about this. Yeah, totally, it's, completely. It's, great. it's a it's a fantastic way to operate. And um, but there's going to uh, have to be move. Uh, there's going to have to be a movement in in the the legislature 
for Washington, D.C. We're talking national legislature now to pa- give that right back to states. Which, uh, right. You, there you, go. you agree with that? Yep. hundred percent. OK. All right. I, I you know, I won't deny that. Then I can make the decision of whether I want to let that happen here in the state of Arkansas or not at the polls. Uh, that's, that's right. Well, that's we voted. It should be. Medical marijuana was voted in, right? So, yeah. But that's a big and, step to go to recreational. Oh, man. Yes, it is. It's a big step. Robert, what do you think uh, about this? Do you, th- do you think, you know, if they would write this legislation in, you know, a, a way that would say that the state legislature should be given the right to decide uh, if, uh, you know, marijuana should be legalized or, or not. Do you think Republicans could get their hands around that? Well, I think they they could and should. It's an odd situation that we have in which so much of drug law, illegal drug law, is federalized. That's not the case with a lot of other areas of the law, albeit there is a rationale that makes some sense, meaning drugs typically do uh, uh, traverse interstate commerce. And so that's a fair justification, but it's a lot of federal resources versus state resources and state input. And, uh, of course, that has created conflict. You know, these states that make it legal uh, to sell drugs, uh, marijuana in particular, uh, still run afoul. The people in those states still run afoul, typically, of federal law. Yes. Now, the federal government has generally not enforced that. But as a matter of law, these folks are breaking the law. And that's why you see a lot of these dispensaries in these states. They're all cash businesses. Banks won't even take their money because they don't want to run afoul of banking law. Uh, So it's really a bit of a problem that we we have kind of these overlapping jurisdictions with significantly contradictory laws. That doesn't make for a good environment. That's that's the typical bureaucracy that we've always decried from the Soviet Union, for example, meaning how is it that the state tells you perfectly legal to do this? By the way, we're not speaking for the feds. Wait, what? You know, it, uh, th- that significant inconsistency does not make for a good look. And we are an over-regulated, over-legalized society in general. So I do think we need to clean this up somewhat. All right. We'll come back. We've got more to talk about. And I just think they need to take care of a bigger business that is out there than just this whole thing about marijuana. If you overlook or underestimate one little thing, It can totally derail your retirement. Do you want to retire in the next five years? Learn how you could avoid all of that in a free guide. The Ultimate Retirement Planning Checklist is from David Lucas Financial in Little Rock. David was on earlier this week. We talked about this. The comprehensive 31-point checklist could be the single most important tool that could help ensure you've covered all of your bases and don't make any mistakes. To get your free retirement planning checklist, be one of the first 10 callers right now at 501-222-3315 or go to davidlucasfinancial.com. This free checklist is the result of decades of financial planning experience. 
from working thousands of families. Uh, to get your free secured retirement planning checklist, to get in the phone number 501-222-3315 or online davidlucasfinancial.com. Investment advisory services offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. Wow, man. I'm watching Fox right now, and they're rappelling down a 22-story building. I'd love to be with them. That is so cool to do. <laughs> anyway, cool. let me, let me remind you. It? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's your heights and lights thing that they do every year. And mm, it's, so cool. it's, it's pretty cool. I might do something like that next year and uh, put money on to get people to pledge money towards maybe toy troopers uh, on something like that and and uh, see if they'll let me go down the, the side of one of the big buildings, maybe Warren Stevens building uh, downtown oh, Little be, Rock. That'd be awesome. I would do it. That wouldn't bother me at all. I mean, I did that in the military. I'd, I'd do it now. All right, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. We had uh, Eric on yesterday. It was a great interview with him. You learned a lot of things yesterday. Uh, listening to that hour with uh, Eric Coleman from Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Uh, remember where they're located at, 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard, Suite E, here in Little Rock. Head on up there in, in Hillcrest, and he'll help you out with everything. Save you money on diamonds. Make sure you got a real diamond, not a synthetic diamond. Uh, get you some great, great deals on uh, colored gemstones and things of that nature. And if you listen to the show you know that colored gemstones, colored diamonds now, are really going up in price because, uh, as he was telling you about the pink diamond, uh, that comes out of Australia, and the mine is going dry. And when it, when it goes totally dry, no more pink diamonds. So as you got fewer of them available, they're going to go up in price. So get in on that now so you save yourself some money. Call up Eric and talk to him about it, 501-246-3655. That's the number to get in touch with Eric, and then you can set up everything to get a, something uh, completely, genuinely unique made by Eric or buy from one of the lines that he carries right there at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard in Little Rock, phone number 501-246-3655. That's Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Victor Davis uh, Davis Hansen, who works out at uh, Stanford, I do believe, and uh, is one of the great conservative writers of all time, uh, says this. Progressives are no longer defenders of free expression. Now, that's not a big news item to you if you've been listening to the Dave Ellswick show uh, for low these many years. Uh, Robert and I have dealt with this considerably. Here's what he says, Robert. You're going to love it. I sent you the story. I hope you had a chance to read it. A half, a half century ago, progressives used to push the limits for free expression. Uh, conservative, and they used to you know, go after the conservatives for their allegedly uh, blinkered traditionalism. And they boasted of uh, pushing the normal boundaries of art, music, and literature. Now, well, the left now has become Victorian, increasingly puritanical, regressive, and hypersensitive. Even totalitarian censorship and book burning has weirdly become part of their by-any-means-necessary methods. Uh, there's a book out, I'm going to have the author on, 
a week after next. And um, her name is uh, Abigail Shiver. She's got a book out that uh, is, you know, talks about uh, the transgender craze uh, seducing our, our daughters. And one, one of the ladies who used to be uh, in Berkeley and big, big, big uh, free expression persons didn't say they should people shouldn't buy the book. She said that that book should be burned. People should get it and burn it. I mean, now, if you want to start comparing people to Nazis, that's what you can do with her because it was the Nazis that had, the you know, the big book burnings back in the in the uh, late 30s and 40s uh, of the uh, 20th century. What happened here, Robert? What happened to make the the left, the progressives, change so much? It's really a great question, Dave. Here's what's happened. The left in America used to be about civil liberties and freedom. Uh, That's the movement from the 60s, the free speech movement of which you were a part. And so they said government is dangerous. Big business is dangerous. Any accumulation of excessive power in one organization results in what we know, the, the old maxim, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. And so the left in the 60s and, and 70s was skeptical of any congregation of power. The left now is not the left of the 60s and the 70s. The left now is openly linked with the philosophy of Marxism. That's not traditional American leftism. That is socialism and communism. Yes, communism. Communism is about increasing the state's power. And so when you increase the state's power, what's the very next step? All right, stay right there. Hold on. We're going to take a break for the news. And I want people to come back and hear this at 6 o'clock tonight when we continue this discussion on The Dave Ellswick Show. Six o'clock hour now here on 101.1 FM, uh, The Answer. Robert's with us right now. We're having a little problem hooking up with Chris. We don't know what is happening, but we're working on it. I'll just let you know it's a technical problem, and we are working on it. We we started uh, talking about this uh, story from uh, Victor Davis Hanson that I have. Uh, he from I think he's from uh, Stanford University, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. I 
let me look and see if at the end of the article it has that. Uh, he's a classist and historian at the Hoover Institution, Stanford University. That's correct. So with with this said, this guy writes some really great stuff, and I understand we got Chris back on the line. We started talking about this, uh, Robert. We've been talking about it for quite some time, of how the left has morphed into, uh, you know, almost uh, – uh, a Nazi kind of view of freedom of speech and things of that nature. I mean, to the point that this lady at Berkeley, who was a big uh, person who worked on, uh, you know, freedom of speech and people writing books that they want to do, now says that uh, this is, I'm trying to look to find her name. Uh, I'll find her name here in just a second. But she doesn't want you not to buy the the book by Abigail uh, uh, Shiver about transgenderism, uh, and it's a book against chin, uh, what's going on with transgenderism in our country. She wants you to get it and burn it. I mean, that's yeah. This is that's right, crazy. Dave, this is exactly this is book burning, right? Book burning is the behavior of the Nazis, but it's also the behavior of the communists. It's the behavior of totalitarians. And we are seeing totalitarianism yet again from the left because they're not, as we discussed before the break, they're not the left of the 60s and 70s which had some good and some bad, don't get me wrong, and I certainly was not an advocate of many of their policies, such as their extreme pro-drug policies, but it was an approach that was distinctly American. The the new left is not an American approach. It's an adoption of international communism and international socialism. And the ideals and the mechanisms. And one of the clear mechanisms that we've seen historically, there's no surprise here. There's nothing in, uh, secretive about it. The left historically, ha- the, the communists shut down speech. So do fascists. All totalitarians do. And that's what the left is trying to do here. And they do it in part through the means of delegitimizing certain language and certain speech. Look, this was the content of the famous book 1984, written, of course, in 1948 by George Orwell in decrying the horrors of communism. So there's nothing surprising. There's nothing secretive about this. As I've described on this show many times in the past, my father lived under communist rule. He lived in the Soviet Union during World War II. He described these events to me. There's nothing hidden about what the left is doing now. They have adopted the tools of the communists around the world, ironically, as communism has faded, has been uh, destroyed across the world. And the left says in America now says, oh, but we'll do it better. Good luck. Yeah, they're going to do it better. They're going to burn books now. Yeah, exactly. And that's what they want to go back. They want to. They want to do what uh, uh, the Nazis were doing. That was the big thing the Nazis did back in the day when they came to power. This is the kind of stuff that should really worry people. Uh, the left attacked a, a Canadian author, and, and what was his name? His name was uh, 
Jordan Peterson. He's oh, yeah, Jordan Peterson is a well-known conservative-slash-libertarian. Yeah, and he wrote a book called uh, a sequel to his earlier book, Beyond Order. This is 12 Rules for Life, an Antidote to Chaos. Uh, what was uh, what were their objections to his book? Peterson, who, was, who has been criticized, uh, who criticized the notion of white privilege and contends that masculinity is under attack, was accused of white supremacy, hate speech, and transphobia. Now understand, and this is Hansen's own words, these are simply our generation's synonyms for their predecessors' boogeyman labels, heretic, witch, and communist. Look, it is yet again another method by which the left seeks to shut down speech. Peterson makes a lot of good points. I don't know whether I agree with all his points. I suspect I don't simply as a matter of logic. It's hard for me to agree with everything that any individual says. But I agree with many of his points. And because the left doesn't like what Peterson is saying, uh, by the way, Dave, and relatedly so, I didn't grow up with white privilege. Oh, you see, Rob, you grew up with white privilege because you're white and therefore you're... Uh, uh, you know, I, I say Shinola to that one. Uh, and, uh, and, and notice the pause as I try to think of the radio appropriate language. But the, uh, the so Peterson has a lot of good points on this. And the left is un, uh, will not allow you to not adopt their philosophy and i that's a generous term because uh it is truly shinola that because the color of your skin dave not all colors mind you but the white color of your skin you have somehow been inherently advantaged and equally you therefore should be seeking to give up the so-called privilege that has been conferred upon you and that's all absolute nonsense is what it is so uh the left can't address the substance of that claim because when you look at individuals tell me how was i privileged i went uh to a a a a public school i lived in a lower middle class neighborhood it was a mostly white school yet the president of the student body uh, was or is now still right an african american so these claims are just belied by actual facts and this is why we have to push back when the left seeks to consistently indoctrinate yeah it's crazy i mean they've really 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 have gotten uh, totally nutso on this, and I'm glad that Victor Davis Hansen is is challenging them out in the open about this because really what has happened over the and, – and Chris, you can jump in on this – that has happened over the last, I'm going to say, 10 years is there has been a chilling effect of people saying what they feel is the truth and using their – uh, you know, particular information that they have and facts and figures to show that what the left is trying to do won't work. And so what they try to do, the left does, is try to minimize them by making their books not available, uh, their pamphlets, their movies, uh, you know, Facebook and uh, Twitter and all the rest won't even let you mention them on, on their, uh, their sites because they say it's hate speech. This... Folks, this is what happened. I'm just telling you, this is what happens in totalitarian governments. That's right. 
That's exactly right, Dave. That's the problem. It's, it is totalitarianism, uh, and, and it doesn't matter whether it comes from the left or if it comes from the right. It's simply that. Yeah. Your thoughts on this, Chris? Not sure we got Chris back on. I don't know if we got him with us or not. Chris, are you yeah. still there? Evidently not. We, we've we've yeah. lost him, just so you, you know. I'm trying to pull up this uh, story uh, on another site right now because for whatever reason, there's little things that were being advertised and it it blocked up some different uh, lines of the article, and I don't have the entire article in front of me. But the bottom line is the things that the progressives have fought tooth and nail for over the last 50 years, maybe 60 years, uh, in, in, in honesty, uh, Robert, they've, mm-hmm. they've completely turned it on its head. That's right. That's right. It's, it's a, a complete abdication of the moral principles of the left from the 60s and 70s of pro-free speech. They are decidedly undoubtedly and dramatically against free speech. They And the way they do this is so insidious and so disingenuous and so transparent at the same time, albeit those might sound somewhat contradictory. And that is, they come and say, oh, no, 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 you see, Dave, we're for, for free speech. The stuff you're saying, that's, that's hate speech or otherwise not speech. Both hate speech and not speech, they claim, is therefore not speech. But follow this rabbit trail if you can. It's all speech. Yes, yes, but some speech is not speech, says the left. That's right. right? Uh, Now, if that's not Alice in Wonderland, I don't know what is. That's just nonsense. The whole point, of course, about speech is we don't, free speech, is we don't only protect nursery rhymes and poetry. We protect speech that other people don't like. Who's objecting to greeting card speech? Nobody. The only speech that's ever objected to is the speech that some people don't like. And we as a society... In our founding fathers, and yes, they were fathers, our founding fathers said, suck it up. We're a a country of sucking it up. So, you know, uh, uh, person up and and deal with it. If you can't take the speech, go back home. Yeah, I agree. And we said something in this is that they use the term hate speech to try to silence things. That's exactly why I'm against hate speech legislation. Yeah, well, that's that's the inherent challenge with these these hate speech uh, statutes is how much of it is designed to actually deal with a harm, which seemingly is covered by underlying criminal uh, statutes right now dealing with, I should say, the underlying physical activity. And how much of it is designed to be a pretext to try to filter out uh, impermissible from the perspective of the leftists' uh, ideology? And that's why people uh, who have always been skeptical of speech codes are very concerned about hate speech legislation because it's seemingly designed to deal with bad behavior, but... Also, 
overwhelmingly uh, has an imprimatur of controlling speech and thought. And if that's the case, we are and, uh, and should be concerned. It's amazing. It just really, really is amazing what we're seeing happen in this country at this time. Let's take That's a break, right. and then we'll come back and finish it up here on the 6 o'clock hour of the Dave Ellswick Show with uh, Robert Steinbach. Uh, do we have Chris there still? He is. You're Chris, Chris, you're back with us? Fine. Okay, well, I, we've got him. When we come back, I'd like you to talk a little bit about this whole free speech issue as well. Uh, as we all know, one of the first things that they're going to take on in the new general uh, session coming up in January is a hate speech legislation. You want to know hate? I hate hate speech legislation, and, <laughs> and and it's exactly for this reason that I hate it so much. We'll be back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's finish our segment up uh, here in the six o'clock hour with Chris and and Robert. Remember, Robert Steinbach is a, uh, a, a teacher, professor of law. At Bowen School of Law, his opinions are his and his alone do not necessarily reflect those of the university or the school of law. Chris uh, Corbett is our local attorney from uh, Conway, uh, deals with specifically uh, engineering law. And, and we've been talking about how the left has done a complete uh, 180. I mean, they've taken what they have preached over the last 50 years and have turned it completely uh, on its head as far as free speech goes. And when you hear them say, you can't do that, you can't say that, you can't write that, because uh, that's hate speech, and hate speech is totally different from speech, uh, that's Orwellian in and of itself. And when you think about that, it should worry you considerably with our young people who are embracing what our young people, when I was part of being a young person, were fighting for, and that was freedom of expression. I mean, I I started that when I was in high school when my uh, principal uh, spiked an opinion piece I wrote in, in the school newspaper, and it was dealing with the local... A drive-in theater and how, you know, normal high school kids couldn't go go there anymore because of uh, the porn that they were showing all the time. Because they were trying to get uh, enough people in the thing. So you'd be driving down uh, Klein Avenue, which right next to this theater, and you'd be watching, you know, people doing things that uh, you talk about in private. And uh, if you were a high school student, you weren't supposed to be there. It's just... It was crazy kind of stuff, but my principal thought because I was talking about it, uh, it was going to cause some kind of problem for the school, and so he told me that the newspaper couldn't print that story that I had uh, that I had worked on, and I took umbrage to that, and I take umbrage to people saying that you can't do this, can't do that because somebody thinks it's wrong. I I'm sorry, that that's why I'm against this hate crimes legislation that they're talking about uh in the the uh legislature of the uh, uh of uh, arkansas chris how do you feel about all of it man it's just the duplicity the irony that the left has come out and want to uh 
have, they, they've morphed. They, they want to they control our thoughts. They want to control our speech. The very thing they complain of is the exact thing they're promoting. It's coming out. It's coming through the media, the the publishing folks, the Silicon Valley, uh, the takeover in academia, the takeover in, in uh, entertainment. And when when we want to come out, the conservatives want to come out and state something of how we feel or how we think, and we back it up with logic. They in turn feel like their expression needs to be done so in a manner without regard to law and order. Uh, they want to be unlawful and disorderly and put the fear of God in people through violence. Yeah. Um, it, it's outrageous that the, the flower of power and peace from the 60s has turned into some socialist movement. Um, and even uh, your article here, uh, they, they banned to kill the mockingbird yeah. because of the racial issues. Yeah, well, this is a Pulitzer Prize winning piece of work. But, you know, here's here's the sad part about this. Both sides are guilty of this. To, yeah. to, to kill a mockingbird was uh, during the uh, late '60s, early '70s, targeted by many groups uh, from the right not to be in school libraries. They tried to pull it out there. They tried to pull out uh, Huckleberry Finn from school libraries. Now they're doing it the same thing over on the left. This is this is craziness. This is this is insanity to be to be honest with everybody and something that was fought so hard for to see uh, these ignorant people try to switch it back the way it was before just from a different side of the uh, ideological spectrum just blows my mind it blows my mind too dave it's it's outrageous you know i can't believe that i'm i'm fighting this this again I can't believe I'm yeah. fighting it again, Robert. Does it blow your mind that you got to fight this again? It does, but it's also not surprising. We we saw this starting oh in the in the 80s maybe when we saw all of this political correctness. This is an outflow of political correctness. It's all about the the restriction on your ability to engage in reasonable discourse. Now, of course, their response is, well, that's not reasonable. I'm sorry. We have a working definition of what is reasonable discourse. That is discourse that does not imminently incite violence. It's not. uh, But to the left, it's not. To the left, unreasonable discourse is anything that makes a delicate flower wilt. It's anything that makes one of these uh, helicopter-parented children cry. Well, we can't live in an environment like that. That's an environment uh, for the destruction of American exceptionalism. Now, the left often doesn't believe in American exceptionalism. They think we are but one country amongst many with equal abilities, and that's it. And we should all share. And that's why, for example, they're for open borders. Well, why would you have borders if we're all the same? There's no distinction. And I'm not talking about the same in terms of people. I'm talking the same in terms of citizenship. All right. they, they believe in a, a one-world citizenship. I hate to do this to you, Robert, because you're on a roll and you're making a whole lot of <laughs> sense. Let's, let's, we got. I got to take a break. It's time for us to get out. News is next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Chris Corbett, thank you so much. Robert Steinbach, thank, thank you, you as well. 
talk to you guys. Well, I won't next week. Robert will talk to you next week here as he fills in for me on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Changing topics now as uh, we move away from talking about uh, freedom of speech to talking about what's playing at the movies this weekend. Matt Smith joins us. He owns uh, the VIP cinemas in Hot Springs, Riverdale10.com, Riverdale 10 Theater here at the bottom of Cantrell Hill in Little Rock, VIP Cinema in Cabot, in Searcy, and in uh, Batesville, the Oaks there in uh, uh, in Batesville. And uh, good to have you back with us, Matt. What's coming up this weekend that's new that people might be wanting to get out and see at the theaters? Hey, all right. Well, we got some good stuff coming up this week. I tell you, um, you know, three brand new movies you can check out, uh, which uh, which I think will interest uh, uh, everybody out there. We've got a um, we've got a cool little comedy called Half Brothers. Uh, it is new today. Uh, it was reviewed in the Democrat Gazette. Uh, it's rated PG thirteen, and uh, Renato, a Mexican aviation executive, is shocked to learn he has an American half brother. He never knew about. Okay. The, the free-spirited Asher. They are forced on a road trip together, tracing the path their father took from Mexico to the U.S. It is a goofball uh, road trip comedy, <laughs> uh, PG-13, uh, good for some laughs, and that is brand new today from Focus Features. Okay. Focus also puts out some today, good... Focus sorry, puts, go ahead. I was going to just say Focus does a good job at putting out some nice little movies, and uh, I'm I'm sure that that's the case here. A new movie today from Universal called All My Life. It's also rated PG-13. Uh, got an 85 today in the Arkansas Democrat Gazette when it was reviewed. Uh, it stars Jessica Roth, Harry Shum Jr., uh, Chrissy Fett, and it is a couple's wedding plans are thrown off course when the groom is diagnosed with liver cancer. This is based on a true story, and it kind of shows what they do, how they were thrown together, the little meet-cute that happens, and then how their uh, romance develops and what they do about it when uh, this happens to him. Uh, it, is a, um, it starts off as a rom-com, kind of moves in the direction of a drama, uh, but also a good film that was well-reviewed today. And then, of course, also new, we have The Prom, and this film is also PG-13. Uh, it stars Nicole Kidman, Kerry Washington, uh, Keegan-Michael Key, Andrew Reynolds, James Corden, and, of course, your favorite of all time, Meryl Streep. Oh, yeah. You oh. love her. Oh, yeah. Always. Uh, <laughs> Ryan she's, the one, she's the one who taught me that I had to take and wash all my vegetables with soap before I ate them. Unbelievable. Meryl Streep. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) the prom, it's PG-13. A troop of hilariously self-obsessed theater stars swarm into a small Indiana town to support a high school girl going to the prom. And it is a musical comedy. And obviously that is a star-studded lineup. Yeah, that is. And uh, Ryan Murphy directs uh, that Andrew Reynolds guy. Uh, you know, he is the one that has become famous for that um, carpool karaoke uh, that he does on his late night show. And he's done that little routine, driving around in his car and singing with people like Paul McCartney and uh, Mariah Carey, and the list goes on and on. 
So that's a cute little musical comedy that is out today. So those three new movies got those playing. And then um, I am of the belief, maybe you are as well, that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It is. I think it is. So <laughs> we've got the original Die Hard from 1988, rated R, with Bruce Willis, Alan Rickman, um, and, of course, uh, Paul Gleason uh, back on the big screen from 1988, Die Hard. Uh, of course, you know when NYPD cop John McClane's plan to reconcile with his wife, Holly, is thrown for a serious loop. <laughs> when yeah. minutes after he arrives at her office, the entire building's overtaken by a group of pitiless terrorists. You know, with you're... help from LAPD wise, Cracky McLean sets out to single-handedly rescue the hostages and bring the bad guys down. Merry Christmas from Nakatomi Plaza. Okay? So, so you tell me what 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 parts of that movie always stand out in your mind. For instance, if I come across it on television, I don't move away from the channel. I watch it. I don't care how many times I see the movie. It's one of those films. I mean, I don't know. I, I just. People have always said it's a Christmas movie, and I was thinking, you know, this is the December to put it back on the big screen, right? So, so we got it back. It's at all locations. Uh, I, I don't. I love the film from Yippie Ki Yay to the to the jump with the machine gun to the barefoot parts to I mean, you know the pistol. I mean, what, what do you not love about this movie? You I know? mean, seriously, the, when he's walking barefoot on the glass, uh, that just. You know? I mean, pardon the pun, but that does stick out. Uh, in in my mind, <laughs> as far as that, and the other part that always sticks out in my mind is the the discussion about Twinkies. Oh man! And you know Alan Rickman. I mean, <laughs> oh, he's such a, perfect. Such a great bad guy. Yeah, he's you know, perfect. You, you you a lot of people of the new generation think of him from the Harry Potter films. Yes. But, you know, when you look back at everything he did from the Robin Hood movie to, you know, right here in Die Hard to, hey, what about Quigley Down Under? That's right. You know, Alan Rickman was a great bad guy in that film. He just so fits the, the villain role. Um, and, and I think he was underappreciated, really, in his career. So, well, well, yeah, I'm was. a big Die Hard fan. Had to bring that one back. And, you know, catch, catch, um, catch up with all that at Riverdale10.com. Uh, if you're in Little Rock, and of course we got a lot of specials going on, free popcorn on Wednesday night. Um, all classic movies are always just five dollars to get in. So uh, you know, Die Hard is five dollars this weekend. Watch it anytime, any seat, any showtime. Uh, Tuesday nights, uh, everybody gets in for five bucks. Uh, Wednesday, you get in, you get free popcorn, free bag of popcorn with a ticket purchase. And uh, we've got some specials running with uh, like nachos for three dollars, candy for a dollar. Uh, and, of course, um, luxury leather electric recliners with tables and reserved seating, full food menus. We do serve beer and wine. And uh, catch us there in Little Rock at Riverdale10.com. Uh, also playing at Riverdale 10 and at all the locations, we have Crudes to the New Age. Uh, come play. Let him go with Kevin Costner. Great movie. Freaky with Vince Vaughn. Great movie. The last premiere with Guy Pierce. And, of course, we still have Mank on the screen at Riverdale with Gary Oldman and Amanda Siegfried. So we'll check that out, Riverdale10.com. Uh, let's not forget CerseCinema.com uh, in Cersei. Dave's hometown, CabotVIPCinema.com right. in Cabot. And uh, in Cabot, we still have uh, the Santa Claus from 1994 with Tim Allen on the screen. What a great $5. movie. $5. Go check that out. That's still on in Cabot. And, of course, if you're in Hot Springs, it's hotspringsvip.com. Uh, 
And in Hot Springs, we're playing all those films, plus buddy games. The uh, raunchy comedy buddy games are still on the screen in Hot Springs. Okay. Uh, check those out. And then if you're up in Batesville, it's oaksvipcinema.com in Batesville. Uh, so be sure to uh, visit those websites. And, of course, full food menus um, at all locations, serving beer and wine. And those specials like the dollar candy, the $3 nachos, the free popcorn on Wednesday, the $5 tickets on Tuesday, that's at all five locations. So be sure to check that out. All right, Matt, you got to be excited of how many people have already bought their tickets to come see It's a Wonderful Life. We love it. We've got it on a couple of screens. Um, of course, it's Tuesday night at 7, uh, 7 o'clock, mm-hmm. Tuesday, December the 8th. It's this Tuesday coming up. Tickets are just $5. Uh, Riverdale10.com to check it out. And we all know it's the original from 1946. It's it's Frank Kappa. Uh, and, of course, you got Jimmy Stewart, Donna Reed, Lionel Barrymore, uh, Henry Travers, and, of course, Thomas Mitchell in the film. Uh, you just You just – you got to see it on the big screen. It's just one of those must-sees. And, of course, um, we play it. We have been playing it about every other December. Uh, it's wonderful to get that on the screen and for everybody to come out and see the film. Well, it's not only a great you know, Christmas movie. It's one of the top 25 greatest movies ever made. It, it, I, it's I, just I, a I great movie. It's I would a great agree. movie. Yes, well, absolutely. well put together. and. You know, you can still get tickets. Go to, uh, you know, Riverdale10.com. You can buy your tickets online. Explain to my listeners real quick while we got a few moments here uh, how you guys, you know, follow the social distancing. I mean, when you buy your tickets at the end next to you, you won't have somebody sitting next to you, right? That's correct. Now, you can go to the website, Riverdale10.com, or any of the websites, CerseCinema.com or OaksVIPCinema.com in Batesville, any of the websites. Right at the top of the website, you'll see a banner that says Safe and Clean Guidelines. Just click that banner. We've got a video on there that explains everything to you, and it's spelled out line by line on what we're doing. But, uh, yes, if you go online and buy your tickets, you can buy your tickets in a group. Let's say, you know, you're a family of four. You can buy your four tickets together, but the seats to the left and right of your group are automatically blocked out, so they're automatically empty. Uh, So the social distancing while you're watching your movie is built into uh, the programming on the ticket sales. So, um, yes, there will be empty seats. There will be social distancing in there. Uh, We're playing the movie on as many screens as we need so we can accommodate everybody, get them in there to watch the movie, and, of course, keep that – Keep that social distancing in place. Yeah, right now, two two theaters, uh, 7 o'clock on one, 710 on the other. I believe before we, you know, fire up the screen on uh, Tuesday night, we'll have three theaters. That's the way I'm feeling about this. It's very yes, – I it, hope so. Hope I'm, so. I'm really hope excited people that people want to get a little Christmas in their life uh, here in the next week and uh, – take some of this i don't know heavy feeling off their shoulders about covid19 and the daily drumbeat of it's a dark winter uh coming at them through you know movie or not movies but coming through television newscasts and all the rest i mean i've gotten where i don't even watch the news anymore well you um i tell you a lot i've had a lot of people tell me they watch news max now on television, yeah. Max is their is their station. I've had people tell me that, and One America News Network. People have people have mentioned those things to me. So, I mean, yes, it's 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 kind of sad. You would think with all of this awesome good news, 
uh, with the vaccine that's coming up and the fact that, you know, people will be taking the vaccine next week, uh, there would be more positive out there. Yep. But, um, no, uh, for some reason, television news always pushes the negative. Um, and, you know, I, I, had a, uh, I had a television news interview that I did yesterday and, um, you know, said what I had to say, uh, and they chopped up what I said to fit their narrative. You're kidding you know? me. No, no. So, I mean, I know from a personal, from, and, and it's, this is not the first time it's happened to me. You know, I've had several television interviews about uh, alcohol, alcohol beverages at movie theaters. You know, my movie theaters were the first movie theaters in the state of Arkansas to serve alcohol. And I've had several on-camera television interviews about alcohol beverage control and alcohol at movie cinemas, and they've chopped up what I said to fit uh, the story they're trying to tell, <laughs> you know, and and I mean, you know, it's it's. I like to have my theaters mentioned on TV. Don't get me wrong, I appreciate that, but I wish they'd actually play what I said. Yes, you know, uh, it's 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 weird how they cut it up to say what they to 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 have the have the news program say what they want to say. So you know, when you hear somebody like Trump talk about fake news, I mean, it's there's there's a legitimate argument to that. All right. It's personally happened to me, you know. All right. We're going to take a break, then we're going to come back. Don't forget, it's a wonderful life Tuesday. I've been talking about it for over a month. Now, push comes to shove. You want to get your ticket, you better get on Riverdale10.com and buy them and do it today. Final segment for a Friday, Dave Ellswick show in the 6 o'clock hour. Matt Smith is with us, owner and main bottle washer at the uh, Hot Springs uh, VIP Cinema at, of course, uh, uh, Riverdale 10 here in Little Rock, the bottom of Cantrell Hill, at the uh, uh, VIP Cinema in Cabot, VIP Cinema in Searcy, and at the Oaks in Batesville, the VIP Cinema there. Hey, you know, we, we've we talked about what I want to talk to you about now, but uh, Warner Brothers is up the ante now, uh, uh, Matt. I got to ask you about this. Where Warner Brothers says they're going to have a new distribution model, they're going to use HBO Max and they're going to put it on, put some of these movies for next year on. And I'm we're talking big name movies here now, to uh, Dune, The Matrix Four, Godzilla versus King Kong, The Suicide Squad, and they're going to show it for a couple of weeks on uh, the um, the Max and then release it to the theaters. Cinemark is really ticked off. Let me just read to you real quickly what happened after they made that announcement. I, I don't know what Warner Brothers has in their mind about this, but it just uh, blew my mind when I saw when I was reading this story. And uh, you look at uh, you know what has happened to the theaters. Well, and well, do do you do you want to hear my take on it? Yeah, I do. I want to yeah, hear you're your take almost on it. right in what you said. What's going to happen is it's going to be a, a day and date situation. So, um, across the world, movie theaters are open and they're doing business. Right. China, South Korea, Japan, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Saudi Arabia. Movie theaters are open. They're doing business. Uh, HBO Max does not exist anywhere else in the world. So HBO Max is only available in the United States. So Warner Brothers is going to release their movies in movie theaters everywhere in the world. Okay, Canada and China and all of these places still putting these movies into movie theaters everywhere else in the world. 
and only in the United States is there HBO Max. They're going to put those movies on HBO Max the same day they go into movie theaters. Okay, it's not going on HBO Max first. It's not going to the movie theater first. It is going to HBO Max and the movie theater on the same day. Now, the reason they have to do that is um, we've got some communist dictator governors out there that have essentially shut the world down. And so uh, movie theaters, as well as amusement parks, uh, are closed in California. They're closed in New York. They're closed in Michigan. They're closed in New Mexico. Uh, They are closed in uh, Illinois. And uh, right now, currently, as you and I speak, only 38% of movie theaters in the United States are even open. And so what happens, what has happened this year is week after week, day after day, month after month, um, the studios have had to sit on their hands and not release their motion pictures because they don't have any place to play them. Uh, You have these total and complete frauds out there like Gavin Newsom, uh, who tells everyone else to stay at home, and then he goes and parties. Yep. So that's the problem. And so now if you're Warner Brothers Studios, uh, you have no money coming in at all because you're sitting on this intellectual property uh, that you've invested billions of dollars in, and you can't generate any revenue out of it. So um, they've got to do something. I totally understand what they're doing, but at this point, this is a one-off, day-and-date thing that they want to do to bring in some money. If you look at it, uh, Netflix is your number one subscription streaming service. The number two streaming service is Disney+. And then way behind that is HBO Max. They need to get some attention to HBO Max, and they need to generate some revenue. And I think this announcement will get a lot of people to sign up for HBO Max and buy it. And as you very well know, once people sign up and start paying that monthly fee, they'll never drop it. That's right. They'll keep it going. Yes. And if you jump on HBO Max and you check it out, it really makes Netflix look like a, a, a bag of trash because HBO Max has all the HBO TV shows, all the Cinemax TV shows, and every classic Wonders movie ever made. So it's a cool service to have if you want to sit at home on your couch and watch something, or if Governor Gavin Newsom has forced you to stay at home, right? Correct. So, yeah, so people will sign up for it. And when Warner Brothers stops doing this, people will continue to pay the monthly fee, just like they pay the utility bill for HBO Max, because they will have checked it out and they would have liked what it has to offer them. Just like me, I signed up for Netflix to watch House of Cards. I really it's House of Cards has been gone, what, three years now? It's been gone a long time. <laughs> Netflix still gets their monthly fee from me, but I really don't pay that much attention to Netflix because most of it's trash. I mean, I will occasionally turn it on. They occasionally will make a decent TV show, you know. But right. I mean, there's nothing great about it. But, yeah, they get the little monthly fee out of me. I haven't canceled it. You know, I look at it. I mean, if I watch one thing on there a month, it's worth a little fee. That's what HBO Max is trying to get people to do. And I think this will work for them. But now this, as a model for the future, is not sustainable. You can't put $350 million in a movie, then spend $150 million marketing the movie, and not play that movie in movie theaters. You can't do that. You've got to have that avenue of revenue. 
Well, I, I think this is a temporary thing that they have to do to try to stay solvent, to get people to sign up for that program, to get some money coming in, to keep their stock price from plummeting. They've got to do something. These morons like uh, Andrew Cuomo and Gavin Newsom and – I don't know, man. I can't even think of the woman's name that's operating the murder capital of the world, whoever the mayor of Chicago is. I mean, they're killing more people there than are dying in Iraq right now. Right. Um, those clowns are keeping businesses from being open. And so because of that, they've got to do something. I mean, they've got this, um, I don't know, some unemployed bum who's going to be in O'Biden's um, Biden's cabinet Sleepy Joe's cabinet. Um, I don't know. Anyway, he's calling for an economic shutdown for six to eight weeks yeah. once Biden takes office, you know? Unbelievable. So, yeah, you know, Sleepy Joe. So, uh, Corn Pop's friend, whatever. So, under those circumstances, <laughs> I don't blame <laughs> Warner Brothers for doing what they've done. Yeah, I'm hearing you laugh because you know I'm laughing here in the studio at some of the things that you're saying right now. It's true. You know, I I don't disagree with you. I've been saying it for a long, long time about this. I think it's yeah. up to people's, you know, minds of what they want to do. I just wonder how long before uh, HBO Max says, well, if you want to see, you know, Kong versus Godzilla, then you're going to have to pay an extra 20 bucks like uh, Disney did. But what we- I like about it is I now have movies set on the calendar, and I know what day I'm going to be able to play them next year. All right. I haven't known that since March this year. I've been scrambling to get a film every Friday. All right, dude. We're done with the time. I appreciate you today, Matt. We'll talk again very, very soon. Matt Smith here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, I'll see you on Monday, 6 a.m. right here at 101.1 FM.